Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. In in a ghetto apartment from New York City. Bringing you the real stories. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about the new heist caper, Ocean's 8. Before we get into that, though, we wanted to give our... Um, kind of a genre pick for Sandra Bullock films, as she is the star of this week's movie. Ty, what's your favorite Sandra Bullock movie? I feel like some weeks our categories are really small and it's hard to choose one, but there's a million Sandra Bullock movies, but I'm going to choose Speed. I love that movie when it came out. So clever. And, you know, Keanu Reeves looking good. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with one from... Uh, the similar era, but for me, my favorite Sandra Bullock movie is While You Were Sleeping. I think that one's a lot of fun. I like the kind of story and how it plays out. I think she's great in it. And maybe the first Sandra Bullock movie I ever saw. I just don't like movies where testicles are a central part of the plot. I just... It's too sensitive, you know? I didn't know you had a testicle issue. <laughs> I do! <laughs> Or an issue with testicles? I don't know which way to phrase that. I assumed they meant the same thing. It's both either way. No, I have one, not the other. (laughs) I have an issue with testicles. I do not have a testicle issue. I have one, not the other. (laughs) Such a funny way to answer that question. Cool. Let's let's get into Ocean's Eight. What did you think about the sort of creation lead up to this movie? Kind of the story about it. Were you excited to go see this movie? Uh, yeah, I was excited. I liked I liked the Ocean's movies, and I love a good heist movie. I love a good little. I mean, you know, it's gonna have a twist. Um, and I think historically, the Ocean's movies have had really good twists. Um, and. And yeah, I mean, I liked uh, Alexander Bullock in general. Um, the other stars, yeah, are appealing too, I'd say. So I was excited. Yeah, I think they put together a really good cast for this movie. It was, you know, the trailer really highlighted all of the different actors that were going to be in it and made me excited to go see this movie and see how they put together the team. And I really think, for me, the strongest part of the movie was sort of compiling the team and putting it together, having them add one person as they needed them and, you know, build the team that way. I liked that part of it. Yeah, but did it drive you nuts that they all didn't contribute equal value yet all got paid equally? I mean, I just feel like I feel like some of them didn't have to do very much work, but others of them had to do a lot of work. But if you have the specific skill that no one else can replicate, who do you feel like wasn't pulling their weight? Well, the suburban mom character was always a little... I didn't quite get, like, what her special power was. Convenience. What? <laughs> uh, that was the, the my least favorite plot point was that she got that job at Fogue because someone got sick and that they didn't show them getting the assistant sick so she could get that job. I just feel like they really missed an opportunity there. Yeah. Wait, let's not get into holes in the plot yet. (laughs) Or are we we on to that? I mean, I just identified the only one. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's let's keep going with the acting. Um... I I felt like uh, there was I, I mean I liked all the characters uh, there was some weird a little bit of weird like class um, 
differentiation or uh i don't know some points where like i feel like Sandra bullock's character was talking down to rihanna's character a little bit that i think was interesting or felt made me feel uncomfortable because she didn't respect that she like used a nickname and didn't really understand computers it felt like who didn't understand computers anyone but rihanna oh yeah i guess i well i i just meant more like i felt like Sandra bullock's character Debbie, I guess, uh, was was kind of always rolling her eyes at Nineball's uh, characters or characteristics or, like, what do your parents do, you know, when her sister shows up? Oh, I don't know. That, that, didn't hit, that didn't strike you ever? No. No, it didn't really stand out to me as something besides they just tried to kind of get laughs out of it, but I didn't think more about it. Like, uh, she was... She, she was, and Aquafina's character was also kind of this, these, like, hood rat, um, you know. Well, I thought the exchange about the Metro card was so weird and didn't really fit in the movie. Oh, it really? I mean, Wait, it, was, tell- it, was, it was funny, and it was, like, a little weird when, when Aquafina was like, do you have a Metro card? I have to take the subway. It didn't add anything to the plot. It didn't drive the mystery. I don't know. I just thought that was weird to no, have but- that scene. But I feel like in a if you're from New York City, like that scene, I mean, you're constantly getting asked by people for swipes through the metro. Um, that's like a very normal thing. And yeah, so I, I think for lower socioeconomic classes, metro cards have a certain currency. So it's her kind of being um, hustling. She's hustling in that scene, which again, that's I, I'm not saying it. I mean, it was a funny scene, I thought, but it also adds to this um sort of divide where the the ethnic characters are the hustlers and the and the people from a low socioeconomic background and Sandra Bullock and the white characters are the ones who never take the metro or the subway. Okay. Uh what did you like about the characters or who was your favorite of the eight? Mm, I mean I think um Aquafina's character was the one that was the most surprising or just yeah, kind of had the most uh or had a lot of fun. Yeah. I think um, I didn't really get why Kate Blanchett was needed. I mean, I don't know why her character was needed. I mean, I usually don't like Anne Hathaway, but I thought she was so good in this film, actually. This is like the first film where I would have ever said that. But I think it was perfect for her. She played it so well. Really self-effacing, if you think of it more of like a meta way, right? Like the commentary on movie stars. Well, but I feel like, I don't know if this is exactly what you mean, but I feel like a lot of times she was very, um, uh, she had to be extremely self-aggrandizing. You know, and she had and she had to play that really like uh, like the tour of the jewels with the maybe being interviewed by a reporter uh, before the gala event. You remember that yeah. scene? And she, I just thought she was so funny in that scene of like you know playing it off as if she doesn't care, but really desperately so so desirous to have attention and and adulation. But she's like in on the joke, is I guess what I'm saying. Do you think the actor was? You're saying Anne Hathaway in real life? In real life. Ah, uh, that's interesting because I would say I would say she played it real. I would not say she was winking at the audience, which is what made it so good. If she would have been winking at the audience, I would not have liked it. Okay, can I don't we don't have to get into too many plot holes, but can you explain why she would do this? And I know they even asked her specifically, and she said because she doesn't have friends that are females. But it's not like she's going to be friends with these people. <laughs> you don't think she's going to show up in Ocean's Ten? Well, she might come back, but I just. It doesn't feel like a good enough reason to me. No, <laughs> it's a pretty weak reason. But that, I mean, that's the reason they gave. Like, I don't, I don't feel like you can 
suss out something better or more true. I don't know. They had to come up with... I think they realized that it was weird, a stretch, and that was their attempt to, like, paper it over. Yeah. Did you think they did a good job kind of going back to that Ocean's Eleven style with the directing where it's a lot of, you know, like, swipes and the transitions are always kind of fun? I mean, did you like that directing style that they followed? Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool that they do that and, and keep the... You gotta. I think it's important to keep the style consistent across the films. I wouldn't say. I mean, those swipes and 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 transitions are so cheesy. I would say, right? Like but, purposefully, I think. Right. Yeah. What? Do you do you like them? I mean, I think it's fun in that it evokes sort of a heist movie feeling. I think, and maybe that's just because I associate it with Ocean's Eleven. Uh, and Steven Soderbergh produced but didn't direct this movie. But it feels like it still had sort of his fingerprints on it or do you think it was more he just got the credit because he was a creator of the remake oceans 11 yeah i mean i would guess i mean i think once once you're once when you're a producer and you hire a director you don't have a lot more influence other than i think they hired someone with the explicit understanding that they're going to make it in the style of oceans of the other oceans films so whoever they i mean what i i don't exactly know how the hiring works of hollywood directors but i would have very much imagined that it was like hey do the job which is keep the style do this movie in this style you didn't say did you like the acting who was your favorite yeah i did like the acting of most of the characters. I really liked Mindy Kaling. I thought she did a good job. Uh, I thought her character was kind of fun, and uh, she was probably my favorite of the eight. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like she didn't get that much time to really shine. Yeah. But she crushed it when she did. Fair enough. She's definitely funny. Yeah, I guess let's talk a little bit about the plot. Uh, How did you feel about the twist that they pulled? I guess there are a couple of twists. First, that Anne Hathaway's character was involved in the heist and aware of it. And then the second twist was that they stole other jewels while the you know main heist was being shown. Yeah. Uh, so is is it clear to you at what point Anne Hathaway had a discussion with Debbie Ocean? I would have to say it has to be before she picked that guy to be her date, but I don't really know when else. No, I don't think it can be because part of the montage of moments when she was making the realization was the morning getting ready when they did the magnet, when they learned about the magnet on the necklace. And also, wasn't wasn't um, Aquafina's character holding her hair in the montage of moments that made her realize? I guess yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know if that was a montage of moments that made her realize or just a montage of, I'm not an idiot, I would have been tipped off by any of these things. I took it as the, as the former, but... Um, my understanding was, yeah, she learned about it, or she realized just after the whole thing. Oh, yeah. She also says, like, I never throw up, so I knew, I, you know, I knew something had to be up. Um, I think they just manipulated her into asking that guy by having her come to the, um, the, the rehearsal dinner earlier that week and sitting him next to her. Yeah, it just, I guess I always feel like if it's, it's totally based on convenience or circumstance, like, like the... Suburban mom getting the job at Vogue, getting the dietitian hired, that's her friend from Australia, getting her to ask this guy who she ate dinner with. I mean, I know that's part of the con, but having so many sort of circumstantial things work out and be required for the whole thing to work pulls me away from it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And then, I mean, I felt like it made... The end of the stealing the episode, or the end of the dinner where they are stealing the necklace, just didn't make any sense to me. Like, why did they need to break it up into 
little pieces and all take it out separately in their pockets. Uh, why did they need to plant a piece on the boyfriend right then? Because Anne Hathaway could have brought that piece uh, when she was there later and she didn't need to get it out of his jacket pocket. She could have just had it with her. Exactly. And the fact that they stole the other jewels, it's kind of a fun twist, but to do it by introducing a totally new character feels like a cop-out. And to never have the investigator mention it. I mean, they get interviewed after... I mean, there's a couple of days, right? And none of the other characters hear that the other jewels were stolen? I just meant, I thought that was because the museum hadn't checked them, and so that no one knew it. That, that part didn't bother me too much. Okay, that's fair. But, no, I mean, it's fair to also be bothered by it. Well, and yeah, to just pull in a character from the previous movies, but not ever show them talking to him before. It's just like the the cheapest laziest way of accomplishing something that you want to have accomplished just pull this character out <laughs> without any warning it's like it's like it's not fair because the fun th- part of this movie is looking back at the clues after the fact and being like oh yeah that's ingenious but there was no clue laid that that was going to happen yeah i also felt like it was unclear at the end i mean he goes to prison but they skip time they're skipping of time uh, goes fast and then slow. It's just weird. You can't tell like how many days after it is exactly. And the framing of him is not very clever. Or it's just, it's just that one piece. I also didn't understand. Uh, they said four old women transferred money into this uh, trust that was in his name, right? Well, it was his name on it, but right. But was it not his trust? I mean, no. I'm it... sure it was just a trust that Debbie Ocean set up with his name. Yeah, but. But then did they get the money out of it? They don't really explain it. Well, I don't, I don't think that was the money they were most worried about because they were going to get money from all the other jewels. So they just gave up the hundred, the total $150 million. They lost all of it in order to get those other jewels. That's your know. So I, I, it's just unclear. It's unclear. I just think this movie wasn't very long. I, it didn't feel long to me. And I think they could have done just a little bit more setting up the heist. And I would have liked that. I mean, I like that planning. I like the back-and-forth dialogue between Sandra Bullock and Clay Blanchett. I think that's fun. And I just didn't think it was as sort of poppy as the Ocean's Eleven movies. Yeah. No, and I feel like Kate... This, I was kind of saying this earlier, but I feel like Kate Blanchett's character there was kind of just... She was kind of just like a downer that was always putting the brake on, but not really adding much. Yeah. yeah. Did you think it was weird that they tried to say that Danny Ocean was dead, or maybe not dead, maybe faking it? He's definitely not dead. I mean, he can't be dead. Right. <laughs> I thought he was going to come out at the end, didn't you? I did, definitely. Yeah. So I thought it was also strange that he didn't, he didn't have a cameo, Matt Damon didn't have a cameo. It was the gymnast who came in at the end, and Saul were the only people from that original crew that showed up. Yeah. Did you like the Met Gala seeing all the real stars playing themselves? No, I like that in movies. I think that's fun when they get people involved. Yeah, I'm sure I didn't recognize most of them. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't remember people specifically. I mean, I definitely recognized Olivia Munn. Nice. And Katie Holmes. Yeah, she was in there. And Serena Williams, <laughs> obviously. Did you have a question you Googled coming out of this movie? Uh, I was trying to figure out if I knew Aquafina from something else. So I just looked her up afterwards. Did you? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Do you know why? I mean, she seems like vaguely familiar, but I don't. I think I don't she's know about her. to be really huge. She's going to be in a movie, Crazy Rich Asians, later this summer. 
it just seems like she's on the rise, definitely. Do you, is her music famous? I mean, I see she's a rapper, but oh, I wouldn't I, have been able to tell you that. I don't know her music. Yeah, what'd you what'd you look up? I didn't really look up anything. I feel like this movie was just kind of enjoyable and then forgettable. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would watch the other Oceans movies before watching this again. I think. Yeah, I feel like I walked out of it being like, "Oh man, that was fun," but by the time I got home. I was like, what? So many things didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Like, as soon as you gave it a little bit of thought, you're like, wait a second. Okay. Do you want to give a ranking or is I think so I want to make sure we're talking about? Uh, no, that's good. I give it a three. It made me laugh. I'm also going to give it a three. I thought it was enjoyable, um, but maybe not so memorable. Before we wrap up, let's also give a recommendation for something else we've been watching, listening to, reading. Uh, I'll go first this week. I've been watching the Amazon Prime documentary All or Nothing All Blacks, and it follows the New Zealand All Blacks national rugby team as they go through a tournament and play Australia, South Africa, Argentina, and the um, UK team. And it's just interesting because they've done this all or nothing before with some NFL teams, and I think the production value is a little bit higher there. But you see that these all-black stars in their homes and their lives, and while I'm sure they're so famous, I just think the amount of money that they're being paid is a lot lower than NFL players. So it's just a different lifestyle they live. Uh, And it's narrated by Taika Waititi, so it's just great. It's just great accents all all the time. (laughs) Even the narrator. Even the narrator, uh, it's, oh, it's perfect. Gosh. Uh, which NFL teams have done it? I didn't know that. The Arizona Cardinals did the first year three years ago, and the Cowboys did the most recent one. And it, it doesn't just show their training camp like the HBO show Hard Knocks. It shows their whole season, and it does like one or two games an episode. And it's, I really have liked it. I, I watched the Cardinals one, and I watched a little bit of the Cowboys one. I thought it was really good on Amazon Prime. I know it's a new, it's a, I think a relatively new genre that um, a Premier League team apparently uh, had it filmed this last season, but I haven't heard anything about it coming out where you can actually watch it. But um, I think it's a cool way. It'd be cool to see. I, anyway, I haven't tried it, so I'll have to check one out. Yeah. For me, um, this last week I saw a film called Who We Are Now, which is pretty small. I don't know if it's out or it might not come out other places besides New York City, but I'd look for it on streaming if it, if you can find it, um, it's I thought it was great, and it's a very it's just you know small self-contained film about a lawyer who decides to go into public service, and she has this woman who has had a child and then went to prison, and then her sister won't give her custody of the child back, and um, great acting, not a huge story, but the stakes and the drama within that story are heightened. I mean, within their to them, it's a big deal, even though it's not super socially socially important, but it's a kind of a metaphor for um, how we treat people, I think, with our social services and just a lot about love and forgiveness, which I always love films that show that really well and has great acting. Nice. I think I saw a trailer for that recently. The lawyer is played by a pretty young actress, right? Yeah. I can't remember her name. I had not. She seems like she might be famous, but I just haven't quite heard of her. Yeah. I just remember in the trailer that's standing out to me, but it did look good. It's called Who We Are Now. Who We Are Now, yeah. Nice. Thank you. And thank you all for joining. It's been another week of Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And set your calendar alerts for the World Cup. Starts in two days. Yeah, USA plays on Saturday. Ouch.
Ouch. Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of a blessing we don't have the world the USA in the World Cup this year because they were they always tear at your heartstrings, don't they, in these big tournaments? So we don't have to go through that pain. We can just enjoy the teams that could actually win. I've gotten all this. <laughs> no, you're not. And, and goodbye. Bye.